Welcome back to CodingCat.dev, where we give you cats the freshest dose of dev snacks. Here is Alex Patterson and Brittany Postma. This episode brought to you by Storyblock. Build anything and publish everywhere. Hey, welcome back, perfect peeps. How's everybody doing today? Fantastic. Excited. I'm excited, too. Uh, just got to talk to Eduardo a little bit before uh, we got running here, and it's got me more excited about state management. So, Eduardo, thank you for Hello. joining us. Uh, Thanks for having me. I, I, I would never try to, like, say your last name or anything. So <laughs> if you wouldn't mind just giving us your full name and kind of what what got you uh, started into web development. You want my name with uh, English accent or you want my name Ooh. with in Spanish? <laughs> Oh, I would love the Spanish version first. Yes. Spanish, it's Eduardo San Martin Morote. You have two names. I don't know if it's all the Hispanic countries, but in Spain, at least, we have the two last names of our parents, so they get pretty long. Yeah, it always throws me off when I see it, and I'm like, which ones, like, do I put? And so, like, when we have to deal with, like, database stuff, and it says first name, last name, I'd, I'd put Eduardo, and then the rest would go. The rest out. is last name. Yeah, that's how it is. Is, is that how it is? That I was going to yeah, say, yeah. That's like, a horrible thing for, like, user experience, I imagine, for you typing that in. It's fun to see the websites break. Uh, yeah, when they when the name is too long, right? Or just layouts. Uh, I mean, and, and I've seen longer names, right? But it's pretty long. Yeah. yeah, the layout would be intense. It's like you can't have the last name that long. So I just get the first one, San Martin. I, I've seen also only Sun, which jeez, oh, <laughs> it's fun because it doesn't make any sense. It <laughs> just looks like in Japanese at the end, like oh, Royal Sun. Sun. <laughs> my my son's always gone to uh, Spanish immersion, and it's it's been really fun. He's had different teachers that have been from Chile and like now she's she's not from mexico but that's where she studied and so he's gone through like different accents and they've had different yeah. and it's, it's been really incredible so it's been a fun journey yeah <laughs> anyways pretty much thank you for uh giving the spanish version of your name i really appreciate it um i'm dying to know like how did you get into web development uh did you come straight out of college did you not go to college what did that look like for you uh, I did go to college. I so I, I grew up in Spain, um, and I did a French school. I live in France, in Paris, and so I have French studies in Spain. So I speak both languages uh, natively. Nice. And at first, I thought, I mean, my parents, because I was also a kid, right? And I thought that computer science, as such, didn't have too much of a um, uh, how do you say? Uh, jobs um like it's not a job market for it <laughs> it wasn't a good job opportunity right uh, that's what we thought in spain and that that was because a lot of people at that time so that was uh, 12 years ago a little bit more 13 um the, the people who were doing computer science studies were just being computer technician so helping people to debug the printer the computer format the disk install windows all these kind of stuff so I didn't want to do that. And I already was exposed to programming uh, because I just did it by myself because I wanted to do it on the computer. I, I thought it was fun. So I was doing some, I was creating some video games, very simple ones. And so the neighbor um, of where I live, so I live in a small city in, in the south of Malaga, a city called Conjirola. And it's a very touristy city. 
Um, so a lot of people from Northern Europe come there um, so from richer countries, basically. And so um, our neighbor is French. And so uh, he's a friend of a family or like my parents know them because, well, he speaks French and <laughs> my, parent, my mother speaks French. So it's easy to, to just discuss. And so he, we discussed that with him. Uh, he told us that uh, actually it's a very good job market. Uh, there is a very good job market for computer science in French. And I should absolutely pursue that uh, as a studies because I'm not gonna have any trouble with jobs. And so that's what we did, so, I mean, what I did. So I went to France uh, to study for computer science. Even though at first I just was doing computer science as a hobby. I just enjoyed very much doing programming and creating things out of, of those just lines of code, right? And so I did five years of studies and then I just got a job <laughs> in France. And that's when I moved to Paris. Are you still in Paris now? And I'm still in Paris. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I don't do any more. I do remote work mostly, but. I have to ask, how was the uh, lockdown for you? I heard Paris was rough. I don't think Paris was that rough. Uh, okay. I mean, I mean, pretty every country was at least rough at the beginning, right? It was it was yeah. bad uh, because the places are small, right? So you don't get a lot of things to do. Uh, and I was alone at the time in the in the apartment, so it wasn't it was very nice. <laughs> but I want yeah. I want to say uh, Tim Benix wasn't he in Paris, Britt? They did live was. in Paris. I, and... I think he was telling us, like, to walk the dog, you had to have a letter and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. at least he could walk the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he could go outside, too. They moved Absolutely. out to the countryside now, though. They you know, did, yeah. Out in the space. Nice. So, so you got through all of that kind of part. What brought you into, like, the view community? How did you get started there? So that was uh, quite a uh, long time ago. Uh, it wasn't my first job, and I was doing. It was a, a, an agency in Paris, and we do web development. And so we used at the time frameworks like AngularJS, and React was barely getting popular at the time. And it was cool to work with AngularJS, but uh, we get into the um, limitations of it uh, very quick when we're working with it, and just things of the API that just didn't work out very well. And so I discovered Vue um, in the evenings while I was working on my own projects, my pet projects on, on the web. And so I started working with it, um, going to the GitHub issues and just answering here and there. And at some point, um, a few months later, I think, Evan, or quite I don't know, half a year later, Evan, so the creator of, of Vue, uh, asked if there were other people who wanted to join the, he wanted to join a, a team and create a view coaching, right? So I answered that uh, and I got, find myself in a Slack with uh, 15 other people uh, <laughs> a few days later. And so since then, I've been helping maintain different parts of the ecosystem. More people go, got in the core team. Uh, and so with more people, we can focus on and more specific parts of the ecosystem, which is great. And so today I'm responsible for the router and I did write Pina, but it's I'm not the only one responsible for it, so to say, even though I did write it and I'm still the one maintaining it, the router is more work than Pina. <laughs> <laughs> 
it seems like routers are so complex like the angular yeah. router team same way like there's just so much involved in it does Vue by itself have a built-in router yeah so built-in as it's a library that we just added okay. we so you can say official is that like the client side rendered version of Vue? because nuxt would be like what you would use right for static side oh nuxt uses your router yeah okay um just kind of talking about how you separate the repos out like that um so there's like view and if actually let me let me pop this open real quick uh doo -doo -doo. there we go um just kind of looking at how the the repos are broken down you have kind of view which has the core and Brittany and i uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Britt, but we're terrible at Vue. Like, I've written I've it used it times. one time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so what we don't fully understand or know um, is that when you use Vue in the core, it seems like you also have to, like, include or install router and Pina. So how does that kind of fit together within Vue? It, it's more that um, Vue, it's a progressive framework. So you can use Vue without build tool or just for a small section of the page, the same similar way you will be using jQuery, right? You would just put the reactivity, sprinkle the reactivity around. And you actually have a smaller version of view called Petite View um, that does that. So it has like a subset of the API of Vue.js, uh, but it doesn't require any bundle, any bundler, any compilation step of anything. It's just very, very limited. It's very small also. Very tiny leaf. Is that so, similar to Preact, maybe? No, I think it will be more similar to uh, Alpine. Hmm. Okay. Or Alpine yeah, Alpine JS. I just want to hmm. mention that uh, Anthony has called <laughs> us Voobs, which I think is View Noobs. <laughs> yeah. Be careful when you spell that one, just <laughs> FYI. Um, he's also pointing out Petite View. Yeah, that's hmm. a repository. Yeah. That's an interesting one. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so literally means small view in French. Nice. Um, so I, I think similar to Angular, Vue's kind of taken like the best parts of React and the best parts of Angular and started to like kind of glob all that together. One of the things I love the most about Angular and Vue, um, they have the CLI that is part of it as well. Um, when you're going to like create a repository in Vue, can you say immediately, I would like state management in there and yeah. Does that that probably leads to another question of is Pina like the default? Yeah, Pina is a default, and yes, you can have. So we have multiple tools actually, uh, because um, so we, there is also Vite in the equation, right? So you can create your project with Vite or Webpack, uh, but before that, there was only Webpack, and so in the CLI, um, so currently maintained by Sodati, which is a coach member. Uh, there is also the UI, which was created by Guillaume Shaw Acrium, which is another core team member. Uh, and that was pretty cool uh, because it was, you could create, you could basically run the, the commands from the web application without actually going through the terminal. So it, it turned out to be very comfortable for newcomers to create their project. And even for more uh, advanced people, they just get an interface for other tasks that are pretty nice. You have the um, source map explorer, the bundle analyzer. So you can see how the dependencies just are grouped into chunks and I mean, split into chunks. 
So I think that today we also have create view, which is, uh, I don't remember anymore. I think it still offers you, do you want to add the routing? Do you want to add Pinia? And then it just generates a template, based on a template, it generates a base repository or folder where you can start up your application. And then you'll also have all the templates like Vitesse and other people just generated their own templates with more libraries like the internationalization and stuff like that. That's really cool. It's, it's amazing that you were like able to get into this Slack group with a, like whatever, 15 people, kind of some amazing people. Um, <laughs> and then you got started down this journey and you've basically made a career out of like maintaining view this whole time, right? Uh, not exactly, I would okay. say. Uh, it, it it doesn't uh, it has it started to pay off this year I would say I mean pay off it's a big term but let's say uh, I wasn't able to make a life out of it for a very long time so it would still I would still have to do all the freelancing jigs I would be able to get um, trying to balance the life um, with the open source which is was which was the most interesting part of my work, I would say. And so I think this year I started to see um, some light, say, of that tunnel where I can see, okay, I can see if things keep going this way, I should be able to leave only working on open source or mostly working on open source. Yeah. That's incredible. That's really but it's cool. been five years <laughs> since then. <laughs> it's I really good. Oh, I was just shocked, like when you were talking about the CLI and that they still support a Webpack version too with V and so many things have come out of the ecosystem from Vue, right? Like so many good things for the web in general that I'm surprised that there's still a Webpack version sitting out there. I mean, it's the, I think it's still, I have a true that I don't use Webpack anymore uh, too much. Does, only... who, who does React <laughs> projects? <laughs> no, they still they also can use Vite. I don't know. It still has it, its users. I know that for sure. I mean, we can just check the downloads in the NPM. Yeah, that for sure. has a lot. But yeah, Ivan did a uh, great job when uh, he created Vite and also bringing in together so many people that also were very motivated. And it feels like uh, all those people really make a good project. And I created a very good community. And then people from other frameworks started collaborating. So that was really That's cool. what I, was I never worked in it, though, but. Yeah, it's really like bringing all of the frameworks kind of together. As yeah. Part of like, yeah. Um, Anyways, sorry. I, <laughs> I think we're going to take a pause just for a minute for a sponsor break. And then when we come back, um, Eduardo is going to show us more about state management and how we can like use it within the browser. So we'll be right back. See some pineapples. Pineapples. We know that creating content can be a tedious balancing act. Developers want flexibility to make seamless digital experiences, while content teams need the tools to work independently. We make changes and are left to watch everything fall apart. We met our limits using plugin after plugin and waiting weeks for edits. All for this. We knew it was time to rebuild the blocks. Storyblock gives marketers creative control and use a visual editor to actually see what they're doing. And developers are no longer restrained to a set of technology. Storyblock has made it simple for each market with localization and personalization tools and allows you to publish content on all channels and all devices. Truthfully, we all wanted the same thing, to deliver the right information 
to the right destination at the right time. We didn't dance as much that time. Oh, I did. I'm so happy to have that one back. It's so good. That's right. Content block. Great music. Uh, I need to... Yeah, why did I say content block? At least you didn't say storybook this <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's going to be one of those Thank days. you, Storyblock, for sponsoring. <laughs> Thank you, Storyblock. Um, I'm not sharing. I guess, uh, Eduardo, you were going to share, not me, um, kind of Should some more state management pieces and like how we can check those out. Um, so I'm not even going to pretend. Every time I go down this state management road, I'm like, why do I need state management? So if you can answer that for me, it'd be fantastic because I'm stuck in like Firebase land and I feel like it's just takes <laughs> care of itself. I don't need it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it's true. I mean, in a way, um, you can still use both. But when you use um, uh, some kind of data library or data layer for your application like GraphQL or Apollo, they usually come with some kind of cache in a way that allows you to just use the data anywhere and it takes care of the mutualization of the data so you don't have to so you only have one source of data right and so for view that's very important as well i mean may probably any content framework today having one source of truth and then you have the data driven approach it's very important so the the state management at the end is gonna come down to being able to put that somewhere and also adding some business logic attached to that. And that's pretty much it in reality. Cool. Um, do you want to show it to us? Okay, so let's show. Try it this way, see. So this is a playground that has everything coded in, though. Is that fine? I think that's totally fine. Okay. You might Should have to zoom in on some things, though. Just FYI. All right. So these, uh, all the code here is um, in the PNN repository. And so it's a monorepo, so you can just clone it, do PNPM install, and then you can just do uh, PNPM run play, and it's going to turn up the playground here. So if I... Would you, would you mind, could you do like a command plus? Yeah, we... I'm going to okay. do a command plus. Okay. Uh, I just have to change the... I have one of the 4K monitors like me, and I always have to zoom in. Let me just. Uh, and then just turn it up. So inside of the package of the playground, I have these uh, play script, I think. Yeah. And so that's going to open up these. I hope I didn't run the server twice, I'm just gonna close this. Right. And then uh, the editor is here, which I'm also gonna make a little Can bit you bigger. Maybe yeah, answer yeah. me a question that I've been asking people. Why is it 5173? And I think I, know <laughs> ah, I don't know. I wanna know, know the answer, no. Okay, so I've heard someone say, and I don't remember who it was or where I saw this, but that it was Veet in like Roman numerals or in Veet. Ah, right, that's true. Roman numerals, wow. Yeah, if you do Roman numer numerals, I mean, yeah. except for seven. 
V I is five, right? Yeah, five in Romani is a V. So I mean, the seven doesn't. The seven will be a, a V and two I. I guess the seven is almost like a when you replace a number for a letter. That's the T. yeah, yeah. That's clever. That was really good. To be honest, I I think it's uh, clunky, but because it's I was gonna to say type. it's kind of throwing me <laughs> off because felt kit used to be on three thousand, and now all of my cash is at three thousand, and so now I have to physically go and erase it and type in fifty one seventy three. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, it's not. In my opinion, it's uh, it's not as comfortable as it used to. Be. <laughs> uh, wait, I need to also zoom this one. Perfect. A bit. Um, that is perfect. Because usually you want to have like uh, some kind of repetition somewhere, <laughs> not four different digits, because all the time it's like, wait, what? What was it? Was it two? Was it five? <laughs> well, at least now, if you know the the rule that it looks like Vite, then at least you can, the memo technique um, uh, help. It's easy to remember. Yeah, I like that. But I wish they, they put that somewhere. 3000 was easy. All right, so what do we have here? In the playground, name. There is a lot going on, I think. Uh, the interesting part are the stores, right? Yes. So there are different ways of declaring stores in, um, in Finia. This one is using an outdated syntax, but it's fine. Now it's updated. So we have two different kinds of, of syntax. We have the options and the setup. And so we use this function define store to define and not create the store. And the reason behind that is because uh, we want to use the stores um, in specific places, we don't want to create, instantiate the store right away. We want to instantiate them as we go. And so this is a design decision that makes um, store registration always dynamic by design. So you don't even have to think about it. And I think it's great. So for example, if you go to the playground, I load the, load the DevTools and I check the stores here, I can see that I don't have any store registered. Pinia root is just the state uh, of the root. There are no getters. This is it's just because all the other ones that appear here are going to have some. If I go to, uh, let's say, the easiest one, the counter, I can see that the counter appear here because now it has been registered dynamically. And then I can, I mean, also the Pinia store has now new things and it has, oh, it has all the getters. Anyway, never mind. So it has all the getters from all the stores. You can get very um, long, very, very big. And so uh, here you can see the, the state and if you want, you can even modify it. So you can see that it changes on the page as well. That's cool. Yeah. And we can do it in both ways. This is giving me flashbacks of Redux. <laughs> yeah, anyway, but Pina is very, doesn't try to do much. It, it really tries to keep something familiar um, to view developers. So we have, three concepts. Basically, you have the actions, the getters, and the state. State is pretty much the equivalent of data for a component. So this is where you put the, your, your state. <laughs> getters are computer properties. So these are piece, this is something in, in view uh, that is very useful is when you want to uh, compute a value out of the state. So for example, filtering a list or uh, combining two different uh, variables together, like an array and alert and a filter or series of filters and they are optimized you know in the way that they are not 
recomputed multiple times. They're only recomputed when something changes. So that's pretty cool. And that's something from you. Um, and then we have the actions, which are just functions. <laughs> and the idea is they can hold the business logic right to the store. Now, this is a very dummy store. It's not something you really see in a real application, right? Because, uh, well, unless, unless you have to count something in the, I don't know, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure there is an application where they have a, counter, a real counter store, right? But um, I think the, like the basic question though, with this, even this basic store, um, when you see in Svelte, you see kind of just a variable is, or an object that's kind of keeping your, your state. Why do we need like a entire state like management application or uh, library? I guess is probably the right word. Um, yeah. In in view, like what does that do for us? So it would do. The, the answer is, of course, you don't need these kind of things all the time, right? And it's one of the main um, pain points I would see. I would say for for us uh, as the core team, as or just people who want to teach other. Um, like good practices is that people tend to tend uh, sorry people tend to use the store too much and this is true for all the frameworks <laughs> like like sometimes people put too many other things on the store like they don't really it's just more convenient and they start putting everything on the store and then it's not really good and in some frameworks in some cases you have bad performance even like in Redux and React I know that was one of the problems for many applications. So you could create an object as well globally here. And I know that Svelte also has that. So ref in view, you create a reactive value basically. And then you put that into a variable somewhere. Um, so you could do something like this, const state, and you put everything you want inside. And then you could create all the other, you could export it and also export functions on the side. And that would work, but it wouldn't work in all scenarios. You, you wouldn't handle the SSR it wouldn't have the DevTools integration that helps you to uh, update things on the fly and stuff like that from anywhere. You would have to be in the component. You're going to see the changes, all, where they come from. So the, the point of Pina is really to give you some kind of structure and to give you the development experience that you wouldn't have and the server-side rendering, which is something that you don't have and you have to implement yourself if you want to. Then you also have the plugins, but yeah. It comes at a very low co cost. The size of Pina is less than two kilobytes, which is it. So it's really small. I, I've heard that argument before that people will just use stores too much. And I think one of the main reasons that Svelte can provide that out of the box is that it's a compiler. If you don't use it, it goes away. But Vue doesn't compile the code away. So it provides these libraries, which is really nice that you can just add in a small library to do that if you need it. Yeah. It does, I think that apply to, applies to Vue as well. I mean, we do compile the templates. So we do have the completion step. We actually compile the code as well now. Okay. Um, and, and it does reshape things as well. Our way, our yeah. way. I haven't tested the Svelte stores to be able to, <laughs> to compare them correctly. But I feel like it's more like state management, just state, isn't it? It doesn't contain it, any. It's a way to do global state, yeah. All right. Yeah, so view that's a ref or reactive. You have that as well as one function, right, that you could just change. But I don't count that as a store. I count that more as just state management, like, by hand. The idea here is we also get all the, we can 
just put things in one place and we get some structure. And then you can divide your, your state management to multiple stores and you can use one store inside of another. So you can have some store that, so you start in an application in a page where you might have the card store, right? That handles something very basic about this card. But then you have another page that relies on the card, but also needs to add some extra information like, I don't know, uh, coupons to make it simple, but probably something more complex, right? And so instead of keeping growing your very first store, you can create new stores that just use the previous store. And so that your initial pages that were using only the store and that never change are kept as simple and light. And then the new are one all, are heavier. Are all of the stores writable stores? You can, are there like yes. methods or functions that you use for each type? Or they're, they're just all writable? Yeah, everything is writable. Uh, this is one of the things that could be improved in terms of uh, linting, I would say. So the re the state here is just, everything is, is writable, right? You can just change uh, mm -hmm. this counter from anywhere. So for example, if I open up the counter, I think this page, yeah. The counter store, I import the function that is just here and I just uh, invoke it to get the store and I name it counter. And then that counter uh, oops, uh, has n, and I can just do anything I want with n, right? I can change it here in the template. I don't need anything specific. So if you want to do spaghetti code, you can do the spaghetti code, right? We are not blocking you from doing the spaghetti code. Yeah. But it also gives you the flexibility to organize and to do things that are more convenient. So for example, you can just use these things in forms with Vmodo. You don't have to do anything fancy nice. to get it work. Yeah. I, I asked about that because we were kind of comparing the Svelte stores to this and Svelte has the readable, writable and derived stores. So we can actually like specify which mm -hmm. store we're bringing in. So I think it would be similar to a derived store, actually, like these can be derived off of each other. You said that you can pull in other stores to like use yeah. them together. So you can call. So you see how these gives you a function. I'm going to remove these. Um, I can import another store and then I can call the use of the store inside of any action. Um, yeah. So I think the card store is one of them. Card store. Yeah, I have the user here and I just call that function inside of another action and I can use the, I mean, I can just. So you can use that stores. Yeah. So here I'm just state. reading from the store, but. Nothing prevents you from uh, writing to the store, right? That's yeah. intentional. In Vue, you have something called read-only that allows you to transform something into a read-only. Um, oops. What do you do? Now, not exactly sh sure these would work. It should, though. Uh, user dot, uh, can we say, name equals something. It should give you a... Yeah, type skip error. Oh, it's like IntelliSense, that. yeah. Nice. It should also error in the console, I think, at runtime in development. That's nice. So I don't think people do this that much, though, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I never seen this in client code, clients. Code. In, inside of your actions, is this typically where you do database updates or API calls? Exactly, yeah. The actions, uh, they are just functions at the end, right? So they can be asynchronous or anything you want. And this is where you can group that kind of logic and any other business logic. And if if a 
for some reason like that one right there, purchase item fails during that API call, do you just roll back the state itself and throw an error? No, you could always implement something like that as a plugin. Okay. But it's up to you to handle the, imagine here we had some fetch. So we would do an await and then a try catch, and then we could apply the optimistic or pessimistic update okay. to our data, right? And so the idea is, and this is a, an option store, so it's a little less flexible than the setup store that we can show be, uh, afterwards. Sure. But the idea is you could also use composables. That, so composables are um, kind of the extension of the composition API. So anybody can define their own composables. And so you could use composables that are written by libraries or just your own composables for your application. And so for example, you can have use fetch or other things. Um, you really have a lot. And these are, this is just one library, right? But you can write your That's own. I uh, use Firestore come up. That was exciting. Yeah, you have a use Firestore. I mean, Viewfire also offers some composables as well. Yeah. And so here you can see you get the different um, state of the request. Like, is it finish? Is it fetching? And so you could use that to do the optimistic or pessimistic. And then we have a plugin API that allows you to really shape that the way you want. But by default, it's really bare bones. That's really incredible. I mean, and like it's bringing up all my community and like open source emotions because like with when I'm working on an app, right, and I see like all these use things, there's someone in the community that decided like we need this and like created that whole thing and spent time on it. That's that blows my mind. It's amazing. And so what I wanted to say with the use going back. Yeah, the composables, we can have something, some very easy ones. Like for example, here in state, this is just two, right? So if I, it starts as two and then I increment it. But then if I reload the page, it just goes back to two because that's the value in memory. We don't have any kind of persistence of that uh, data. But if we want to persist it, we could use one of the composables like use local storage. Now that's copilot oh. for me, but uh, I thought we have it. Yeah, I don't know why I don't have the other completion. Maybe because it's a monorepo. Uh, local storage. And so here I can say use local storage um, counter, um, and I can say we started two. And so now if I increment it, I didn't reload the page, but maybe I will need to. No, I didn't. No. It just so worked. it's persist, and that's pretty cool. Now, this doesn't work for all the um, composables. This is one of the easiest one. And the reason yeah. is because it just returns a state. So you can it works within the state. But we can use any of them, actually, with the, the setup stores, which we can show. That is actually really nice that there's, like, a built-in thing for use local storage, because that... Oh, I'm sure somebody's written an action felt, but we need that. <laughs> I mean, technically, it's not building. I, I imagine that Svelte they also have uh, like people who contribute a lot of things in the community. Yeah, we would use that as like an action. I think it would be like a use action, and, and maybe you have a, like a also a library that exposes a lot of these actions. Yeah, and, and just have a group of smart people like making sure they all work <laughs> and they handle all the edge cases. <laughs> That's pretty much what you use these. I think we would have to double the maintainers. No. <laughs> I mean, at the beginning, it was only well, one person. 
these things. Have you heard? Have you heard about this felt kit story of how long we have not oh, been boy. at one point? <laughs> we're, we're down a road. <laughs> no. We shouldn't go down. <laughs> Actually, haven't. So we um, something like after you, you get through kind of what you wanted to demo here. Um, let me just ask that. Do you think we should cover some more in this demo? Yeah. The, okay. I think the dev tools, just the timeline. This is fine. Cool. To see. So there is um this is something that Guillaume, so Guillaume uh, Acrium is the one who developed the, the dev tools, uh, this version. And so he put a lot of thought in a lot of the things we have. And there are so many things we can do. So for example, we have, I'm clicking right now, so I know it's not an interaction I can really <laughs> show on the screen, but so if I do here, at least people can see. And you see how all these dots align here. And well, it also picks uh, screenshots. So you can see how the counter changes. It's oh, just wow. a screenshot being displayed by the extension. That's really cool. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, and then here you can click on the event and you can see what, what's happening. And so this timeline uh, has all these layers that you can see. And you can see that some of them has a little jigsaw uh, piece attached to them. And so this is because they come from plugins. So he opened up an, um, an API for the DevTool extension to pick up things from the libraries. So libraries can add their own things into the views here. So where a timeline, the extra things here, everything that has a small jigsaw piece is a plugin. And so uh, Pinia has its own, its own version of this. So for example, if we increment the state, you see all these little, oh, this is because of the zoom. Let me just, gonna... I'm getting flashbacks of observables. Remember those charts? <laughs> the marbles? The dots, the marbles, yeah. Oh, yeah let me see if talk, I can. Talk about them in RxJS all the time. <laughs> Don't lose your marbles, folks. Wait, because I'm, I'm zoomed in, having a lot of struggle to, uh, to show the things. Come on, can I maybe show those things? You can zoom yeah. out too. Yeah, I was gonna say. Easier. Oh, now there they are. So here you can see how we have also the dots. I mean, usually you can also see the, the small thing with the time and everything, but whatever. You have the small dots and then around that you have um, some kind of grouping. So let me just zoom the timeline. Maybe we can get something, yeah, there we go. So here we can see that I have three dots actually. And then we have something that groups them together. And so what, what, what this represents is one action. So here we can see all the actions that appear in the timeline. And here I can see that one group of three little dots. And so what these represent is one action and all the mutations that happen within that action um, grouped together. And so the reason we have a group that spans over, um, I don't know, just multiple milliseconds is because actions are synchronous, so they can take uh, more time. And so we have the start here happening and then the end happening in the same, <laughs> in the same uh, centisecond, I don't know how to say the thing before the millisecond. But in any case, here we can see what's being called, uh, the amount of event in the actions that happen, the old value, the new value, every time we increment. And, and so this one, can you yeah, roll sorry. back during that timeline too? We don't have a rollback um, okay. because, like, I, I don't think it would be possible to like synchronize everything together if you wanted to sure. have a rollback. So for Pinia, I would like to add some actions where you could roll back the state 
So then mm -hmm. if your application doesn't handle it, that's another story, right? Yeah. But usually if it's well connected, everything should just flow. But what, what is cooler is when you have more um, like longer things. So for example, I have these decrement to zero action, which is just going to decrement the store to zero. And you can see that, well, it's just every, I think 500, oops, 500 milliseconds, it decreases the number. And so it's, it's really cool how it's it keeps that. grouping on that. But then you can do it multiple times. And so you can have a different action just running oh, wow. parallel and you have the different mutations connected to each action. And you can have also errors in between. Oops, that was too, too slow. Just do it again. So this, this is an action to just display errors and they appear as red, <laughs> nothing too fancy. But um, it's cool to be able to see the error and when the action throws, right, or it rejects the promise, you will see this as, as red. That's really cool. You've, you've got me on to, to stores now. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> on to state management. All right. And I think that's one of the cool, cool, coolest things you could find about Pina. It's the DevTools integration, which probably, I don't know if it's bigger than the actual code base. I don't think it is. <laughs> and, <laughs> But I think half, and uh, not half, but like at least a third of the code base, um, not the code base, the source code, that though we don't include tests and stuff, is mm. the DevTools. Nice. Um, the, the question I wanted to ask you, uh, now that I think we're kind of through the full demo, um, there used to be a state management system called Vuex. Yeah. Why, why the change? And like, was, was there major improvements? What occurred there? So um, there were it was it was, yeah there was Vuex and we had some issues with the uh, existing solution so with Vuex at its time and mainly it was TypeScript um, so the support for for TypeScript was uh, clunky as well as uh, the other thing I mentioned before it it wasn't easy to get your store um, to a type safe state to say for the state management, but um, you have to use external libraries. And the way the API was designed didn't work with TypeScript very well, so to say. And so you have to manually type a lot of things because you had a lot of implicit injections of things. And it wasn't always possible to type everything. Now, there was a lot of effort to make the type system work, but it involved a lot of work from the developer to make it just have basic things. So, and so one of the experience. Yeah, it, it's it suffered from <laughs> a lot from that. And we also, I personally thought that some of the features were not really interesting. And I, I think that when I was doing workshops or just working with clients, um, I would see people use things differently. And then I would see people complain about things like mutations and how verbose they are and being forced into having to declare getters to access the state and like have, seeing a lot of things that were just too verbose and <laughs> defeating a little bit of the, the purpose of having a convenient store, right? So I wanted to have this version that match my way of things, seeing things. So I started working on Pinia and trying to get the typing correct. I mean, 
as automatic as possible and having something simpler that wasn't um, so much commit, dispatch, and all these vocabulary uh, with extra functions and extra arguments that were not so intuitive. And so I worked on this uh, Pinia thing for view two and view three. I think it was view, it was for view two or view three first. I don't remember. I think it was view three. And then it came back to view two, but I may be wrong. And then at some point, um, so Kia, which is the maintainer of UX, had ha been working on the RFC for UX for a long time uh, at some point. And so I, I tried to help as well. I think we inspired each other from a, a bit from, from the RFC and from Pina. And so I would keep up Pina up to date with the RFC of UX, with the things that make sense. And so at the end, when after the discussion of the RFC for UX 5, we basically already have the implementation in Pina for UX 5. And so it didn't make sense to just rewrite another library that would just be the same. So we kept the, the the name, the library with the logo. And I, in my opinion, it's a good, it was a good idea to change the name because the APIs are so different that if we had kept the name, we would have messed up all the existing tutorials and all the SEO that'd be so difficult for people <laughs> to deal with. Like searching Vuex file and you get a tutorial and it just says Vuex and then the API is like commit dispatch and like this method do not exist on Pina. <laughs> I mean on the is store. Is Pina French? No, it's, it's supposed to be Spanish. So oh, okay, it, Spanish. it's um, any character. So it's the N with yeah. the small wave yeah. on top, which is just N as a sound. It, it's just that you cannot publish a package. I was just wondering. I was wondering if to be a view library, if you had to have a French name, like, because they're <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> all French. I think at, at this point, it's more... Of following view itself because view is just short. I mean, Evan chose view because it like the work, right? And it's just fancier than just view in English, B I E W. It's three letters, so it's short, it looks nice. So it's yeah. the French word. And then a lot of things came in <laughs> just following that because then it's easier, right? To pick a name for things when you just have some reason around it. Anthony is killing me today with all of the Evan view. <laughs> Do you like pina coladas? Yeah. I, I can't with all the... I'm going to call you right. <laughs> I did have a legitimate question, though. Do you think there's like an inflection point to where you would need to add in pina or a state management library? What point in your application do you get to that you need that? Yeah, that's a good question. I actually don't know. I think there is, but... It depends. The developer it, answer. Yeah, that's always the answer. It depends. But as you said, with the use store, like you have been spelled, you have similar things in, in view. So you could, in some scenarios, never need Pina. But I think as application grow, you would benefit. Um, even in small applications, you could benefit from Pina or you will need Pina. So there is a, a lot of difference between do I need to use the library because I actually have the use cases? But I can also use it just because it makes my life easier. Is that a bad reason to use the library? Would it hurt performance to do that? It shouldn't. Oh. <laughs> it shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it does, I would rather consider it a bug. 
I mean, depends on the impact, right? You're telling yeah. me it goes two milliseconds slower when you do an yeah. alteration. It's the function call versus, you know, whatever <laughs> update. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for showing us the demo and uh, kind of letting me ask random questions about um, state because it's still like this big it mystery. In my let head. me into the view world a little bit too. Like, yeah, yeah. agreed. I I I still think, uh, and don't kill me over this, but I feel like the view community is still one of the strongest communities there is. Whether or not you get the npm downloads of React or anything, I just think it's unbelievable. Uh, we do have a oh, question a coming question. out from Anthony. Um, does it make sense to use with Nuxt? Yeah, a little bit less than we throw view, maybe, because they have their own like small composables that work with SSR. And that was one of the, the things I mentioned, right? But at the end, is the same story. Do you want to also bring the other goodies, so to say, of the opinion? And it has an official plugin for Next, actually. So. so there's some like good DX benefits that you could get from maybe using it. Yeah, definitely. And doesn't necessarily hurt too much. Maybe just for CSR. So client-side rendering. I would say the same arguments as server-side rendering and client-side rendering. You get the same benefits. Uh, client-side rendering is easier to handle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Pina, you have these you have this composable use store, right? So um, the idea is you call the composable inside of setup functions and instead of script setup. And otherwise, it's going to could mess up. I mean, it's not that it could mess up. It's that it's not able to inject some of the variables that are provided by the upper components. So Pina work around, works around these by having some Pina instance uh, that is some kind of global variable. And this doesn't work for SSR. So that's why it's important to keep that I have to call use inside, use my store inside of setup. If you call use set use store somewhere else, like in a, outside of a component, um, it wouldn't, it could mess up the state in SSR. Like you could be end up using this state of another it's running application. Seat. Yeah, you could have um, like security issues. But with client sub rendering, you don't have those issues. You can just call use store anywhere. <laughs> Nice. Well, cool. I, I think that probably wraps it up from a state management and view in Pina. Um, we're going to jump into our perfect picks now. Um, as as a perfect pick, just because I have it open right now, um, I I want to pick the oops wrong screen. There we go. <laughs> I want to pick the uh, pineapple because that's amazing. It's I swear, so if you leave it up long enough, like I have, it blinks at you. But I don't know. I have a demo with that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we need to do there. with AJ on our oh, I need a sticker of oh, the really? pineapple because that is really Yeah, I haven't cool. I haven't bought them yet. But I should. You need a store. <laughs> yep. Creative a store, a store built with the store. store. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Cool. Um so Brittany, you have the first pick. Yeah. Uh so Prismic puts out these once a month tutorials and the very first one they did was on Pina. So I thought, why not post that here in our Pina episode? Um, go check it out, give it a try. And when you get to my second pick, I will explain why I did this because I actually wrote the second one, but this one you get to throw confetti and it's fun. That is fun. 
Might have to yeah. try that out just to dive into view a little more. Yeah. What is your second one then? So the second, I know those cookie things are just the worst. Um, <laughs> so the second one is actually my tutorial that I wrote for Prismic on Svelte. And we also go into Svelte stores and this. So it's like another, another thing with stores and bubble popping game. So also mm. very fun. This is on your Svelte Sirens site, right? It is the bubbles that we use on the Svelte Sirens site. The game is not on the site. Yeah, I should add that as like a route. Yeah. Bubbles on. Pop, pop. Cool. <laughs> there you go. Very cool. <laughs> um, I picked, I know this is getting a little old, obviously, since June, but I've been checking it out more because we are doing some bun stuff at work. And so this is. This uh, is full... yeah. Or yeah, Sorry. You got totally mixed up. I was looking at a bun thing on my screen. See, this is why I can't do advertisements very well either. I'm always looking at something else. Um, so this is the Dino framework, which we are doing a ton of Dino at work too. So this fits. Um, and it's a full stack web framework. And if you haven't checked it out, this is crazy fast. And it's really cool too um, with the like different rendering that you can get to. What is very cool, where does it say it? Uh, this you ship zero KB of JS to clients by default, so that's the part that uh kind of blew me away. When what I does it use on the front end? JSX the framework uses Preact and JSX, so it's like a like React sort of. Yeah, well, it's like a lot like Preact, but yeah, well, it, which it uses like Preact, React, which we could go <laughs> in all the way down, right? <laughs> um. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's cool because it starts that way and then you can like add on what you need as you go, but it's it's crazy fast. That is too. really cool. And obviously- I um, saw islands. I see a lot of islands yeah. architecture stuff in there. It's like Astro. Yeah. Nice. So this is on the uh, Dino blog. But it uses- Not Dino the Bun blog, sorry. I like um, it. This has been a perfect pick of mine since I noticed it and I just haven't gotten around to it. Um. Have you played with this, Brett? No, I'm just irritated because it's Prismic, Prisma, Prism. No. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't no. keep track. I had, a, I had like a pod with all those people one day. It was like, oh. What? Um, I can't keep track of all of these either. But anyways, so this you can create just like stellar palettes from. I oh. think it's really cool to like dive into these and like where the failure points are so like you can mess with the colors because like you're always correcting me like this is not going to be double a this is not going to be acceptable does whatever. it have the accessibility thing like right in there Ooh, it, where is that it goes so it's got but you would need a foreground and a background color to know here it is so see how it goes a a plus oh yeah i see so these all fail these are good so that's the as you click through kind of thing. What is the button there? Like all the colors you have on the bottom? Uh, sorry, which button? Like the, the, the button, the bottom, not the button, sorry. Yeah, this what one? is that line? I just. Uh, I think that's another way to switch. Which ah, that's just like the palette on the left that you can create for your entire right. like system. And I think if you change that pink three color, is that the color it's using for the text? um it won't let question. you change it will it i think you can i'm change like it trying here. to see 
with Agent. That, so you have to know that Agent. See, see how it moves. Yeah. <clears throat> Not that one. This one moves. Ah. Interesting. It won't let me grab it. So it goes like that and changes the hue. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So. I don't know. I th- I found I'm always like intrigued by these like color palettes and like when they can just there's one on MSN that I can never find. Um it's got like the entire like palette with like the opposite color that will work for um like double A. Do you mean really MDN? Cool. MDN, sorry. Whew. It's gonna be M- MDN has, has a color palette that has like everything that's okay and not okay, and it's in this giant like I can't find it. I'll find it one of these days. Um, Eduardo, I know like we threw you on the spot at the beginning. <laughs> Did you have any purpose? <laughs> how how old has it to be? It's, it could be like it could be literally ago. anything. A year ago. Uh, We're up. Yeah, early. I think one of the things I like recently was uh, shortly was the Cult of the Lamb, small game, look like on the Switch. Uh, it's uh, like a small parody, I would say. Of it has a it management part. No, no, it's sorry. The cult of the lamb. Oh, the cult of lamb. Yeah, it's also on PC. So it's uh, <laughs> you have a cult, and you basically have to uh, <laughs> build out the cult, and you're a small little lamb, and you have very cute it's creatures. Amazing. I feel like they should have made this out of cats, not lambs. It would have been better. <laughs> it's short but it's fun and uh, it's just funny how it mixes the cute look creatures with a uh, very dark constant of a cult I think my son might really enjoy this I might have to show him this it's a bit vile don't, I'm not sure. don't get your son into a cult <laughs> <laughs> he's keen I think it's okay <laughs> awesome well Eduardo, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, this was super fun. I love learning like stuff that I'm just terrible at, which is state management for sure. <laughs> the, the only thing I've really done with it is RxJS, NGXS, all those Angular type things. But I don't use it on a regular basis because I always feel like the database handles it for me. So. You've only ever used the really complicated stuff that was like, mind-boggling. <laughs> no, it's all easy. <laughs> Anyways, so thank you and thank you for all your hard work on uh, View too. Um, just Thanks. building yeah. up that community and that that uh, that framework is just amazing. So thanks so much. Thank yeah. Thank any you any shameless up. plugs? Uh, we should have probably said in the beginning. I totally forgot. Um, you can find Eduardo at I have it. Posva. Just P O S V A on Twitter. Yeah, he'd have the same. Anything else you uh, need to pitch before we jump off? No, I don't have anything to plug. Okay. All right. We'll see you next time, everybody. Thank you. See you around.